Hi, my name is Enrico Ferri and welcome to this Burning Lamp podcast. We have a passion for worship, whether it's worship leading or just worshiping together with other believers in Christ. And we realize that worship is not just five songs on a Sunday or even just a two-hour worship session, but that worship is a lifestyle where we bring our bodies as a living sacrifice of praise before the Lord on a daily basis. And on this podcast, we share in that manner, whether it's through a song, testimony, teaching, and interviewing other believers and brothers and sisters in Christ. So welcome to this Burning Lamp podcast and enjoy this episode. Hi, my name is Enrico from Burning Lamp Ministries and thank you for taking the time today just on this Sunday to tune in with us as um, we just focus on Jesus today and uh, I have a special message on my heart but let's just before we go into that just close our eyes and just focus on the one, the life giver of, of it all. Jesus, in this moment, we just want to give all the honor and the glory to you. And God, I ask that through your Spirit, through your Holy Spirit, that you'll reveal yourself to us, God, specifically about this topic as well, that we would see you more clearly, and that through the way we see you more clearly, that we would be able to respond in a better way to your truth and to who you are. God, I pray that you'll bless this message, that you'll anoint this message like only you can. You know what every heart needs. And um, so just come and overwhelm us with your presence this morning. We love you, Jesus. Amen. I uh, especially want to thank you guys for tuning in this morning. Um, I'm super excited. I've, I've, uh, for the whole week, I've had a message on my heart that I would want to share with you guys. And um, so I'm just so excited. Uh, I was just so aware of, of God's presence as Anya was worshiping. And uh, I felt uh, a specific song on my heart that I wanted her to do for this message. Um, specifically, as you hear, as I will go into the message this morning uh, or this afternoon or today. And um, so, yeah, what I've, dis- what I've really felt in my heart to share with you guys is uh, specifically in the season that we find ourselves in, is that He is, the God that we serve is the God of the process. And um, I know sometimes when you hear process, it's, it's, uh, it's could bring feelings of frustration up in our hearts it could bring excitement up I don't know but uh, I definitely find myself in a very intensive process in God's process in the season and um, it's so interesting in in the dictionary it means a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end so we've seen in a process I don't know if you've ever held uh, your iPhone in your hand or you looked at certain things and you have been wondering to yourself, by yourself, how on earth was this thing created? What are the steps taken for this uh, to, to bring this iPhone to its final product or to its final point before it can be used? Or I don't know if you guys have maybe seen on TV um, how it works. You get this program of how it works where they take you into factories uh, of how certain things are actually manufactured. It is actually quite exciting to see. And uh, so we know that the God that we serve, He is so interested in the process of our lives. And uh, I have, for interest's sake, specifically biblically related, when to look at some processes that uh, are so close to our hearts and that we are so familiar with. And the one is, is actually how to manufacture olive oil. Now, olive oil has about seven or eight processes or steps 
before you actually get that olive oil into a bottle. A photo development, I was thinking about the dark rooms uh, that you got uh, maybe in the olden days uh, to develop photos. There's about 13 steps and probably more on how to develop this photo in a dark room. I mean, today we just take a snapshot, a selfie from our iPhone and we just download it on the computer and the resolutions are quite well and the quality is quite well, but way back in the day, um, they had to put these photos into a lengthy process, a very delicate process of applying liquids and putting this, this photo into a dark room and waiting specific uh, amounts of times for this photo to, to uh, properly develop. Well, I can encourage you today and tell you that you indeed are a work in progress as you're sitting there or standing or wherever you're watching this message from. Uh, or just maybe listening on audio on the podcast, that you are a work in progress. And uh, it's Paul writes in Philippians 1 verse 6, and he says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day Jesus Christ comes. So this is a very encouraging word, but when I look at this verse, sometimes I think to myself, Oh man, is there never going to be a spot in my life where I'm actually going to arrive, where I can actually say, wow, I have figured it out and I have figured God out. And, um, and that is it. But Paul actually writes here, he says that the good work that God started in your life, he will complete the day when Jesus comes. So God is busy with a pro process in your life and it will only come to its full completion on the day when Jesus comes. Yeah, this following quote of, I'm not sure who, who, who made this quote, but it says the following, If you figured it all out today, what would be the point of tomorrow? Enjoy the process of being a work in progress. And I think sometimes, I want to encourage you today, sometimes we think that when we find ourselves in intense seasons of shaping and refining and purification, that maybe something is wrong in our life. Maybe we've sinned or when we feel like many trials are coming against us or we feel like we're in a desert or a winter season like we sometimes will express, then we might think to ourselves, you know, but something went wrong or God is angry with me or whatever. But I want to encourage you that being in a season like that or identifying a season like that doesn't always mean that it's a bad thing. It doesn't always mean that it has to have a negative connotation to it. But actually, if you look at it in a positive way, you will feel a lot more encouraged. What I found in these seasons of my life is God invites me into these seasons. And he asks me, Enrico, you can, um, you've got two choices. Either you invest in the season and you take what I want to give you because God in these seasons takes out the gold from within us and he uses friction, he uses tension, he uses wrestling to get this gold from within us. Or the second choice we can say is um, that we can come to a place and say, well, we just wish the season will end. And how sad will it be? And how sad is it sometimes where we look back at a season and all that we can remember of that season or of that time is that how bad it was. I never want that season over again. Sometimes we come to the end of a specific year and we say, may I just never have this year again. Instead of just looking at certain spots or moments in that year or season where God has actually 
really spoken to you through his spirit about certain things that you are going through. Um, in Matthew 9, 15 to 17, the disciples specifically got, asks Jesus a question about fasting. But I want to read this to you and then I want to share to you an experience that I had a couple of days ago that links to the song that Anya started with. So the disciples asked Jesus a specific question about fasting and then Jesus says, And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the, um, and, the tear, um, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into an old wineskin, or else the wineskin break. The wine is spilled, um, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. You see, we started off with a song, where from Hillsong that said, make me a vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. And uh, I, I sometimes think to myself when we sing these kind of songs in church, God, let your will be done, let your kingdom come. Uh, you are the potter, I'm the clay, come and mold me, come and shape me. It's not my will, but yours. You know, sometimes I wonder to myself, if it's one thing that God has confronted me with in the season, um, a couple of weeks ago, just when the lockdown started, God spoke to me and he said, Enrica, um, uh, I love your journey so much and I love your passionate heart, but I have to tell you that there are many slogans or things that you teach or even say that your heart is not invested in. And sometimes even with this, you know, we stand in church or at a worship evening or in our car and we sing this, make me a vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. It sounds so glamorous and in the moment it's so beautiful. But do we actually realize what we are singing? Do we actually realize that there's a process involved to make uh, to, where, where God makes us that, that uh, ideal offering, that ideal vessel, and that he makes us whatever he wants us to be? We can't pray, God, come and make us what we want ourselves to be, our own desires, our own dreams. And I want to encourage you um, that I feel that this is something that God is speaking to the church, uh, uh, to the church with a church about in the season the other night um probably in half an hour in i was just sitting in front of the lord just really worshiping and then a wailing a cry started coming out from in me and i told anya i have to go from my room into the living room and just pace and pray and i cried before the lord for more than an hour and i remember in the holy spirit just whispered to my heart that enrico what you are experiencing now is new wine and then I heard him say, I heard the Holy Spirit say that, Enrico, the church needs new wine for the season ahead, that we cannot afford to go into the new season for what he is planning on the earth, for the harvest that's coming in. We cannot afford to operate or survive out of old wine. But that also means that he wants us, he wants, through a process, he wants to make us new wineskins so that he can pour this refreshing wine into our hearts. I remember in that moment, I experienced so much healing, so much peace, so much excitement in that moment. And I believe that is what the new wine is about. And it's so beautiful. And in John 15, Jesus speaks to his disciples. And I want to read this passage to you from verse 1 to 8. 
um, and it's such a beautiful, it's one of my most favorite passages in the Bible. And I just want to read it to you. Jesus speaks to them and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, uh, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch um, and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be given to you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. So Jesus starts off, and for us when it comes to starting this journey with Christ, giving our lives to Him, giving our whole heart to Him, it actually means that we are suddenly plugged into this vine this true vine, and we, come, we become part of this garden where Jesus is the true vine planted in this garden. There may be many other vines in this garden that we find very attracting, but there's only one vine that will give you true life and life in abundance, and that is Jesus Christ. And isn't it interesting how Jesus actually mentions in this passage, and this just stood out for me so much, and he says, Jesus says that my father is the vine dresser. If I think about that little sentence, I think to myself that probably Jesus could have uh, you know, expressed the way he sees his father in any other way. He could have maybe said that the God of the universe is the vine dresser or the Lord of hosts is the vine dresser or the refiner. But no, he actually chooses. Uh, but like most of the time, Jesus always, when he spoke about God, his father, he spoke about my father. But it's, I, I think it, to me, it softens that thing in my heart a bit and it gives me a bit more assurance when Jesus actually expressed God's in, God in this moment as the Father, that He is the vine dresser. Because when we think about pruning or the guy that's supposed to prune, sometimes it hurts, it's, it's an uncomfortable thing. So it's almost easy to create a fear, you know, towards this pruner the vine dresser, the one that needs to prune us. But the fact that he calls, uh, he mentions Father here to me, it makes my heart feel more at ease that I actually realize that there's a loving Father who wants to prune me, a loving Father that wants me to grow, a loving Father that does certain things or allows certain things in my life to make me realize, not because he's a spiteful dad, but because he loves me. That's why he puts certain protection measures in place in my life, certain laws, certain rules. And with inside of those rules and laws, there's liberty and freedom. And it's a beautiful year um, where it says, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. So all the branches that are bearing fruit, he continually prunes those branches. He doesn't focus on the branches that doesn't bear fruit or the branches that don't want to abide or don't want to plug in, or don't. He focuses on those that already are bearing fruit. It's God's desire that we should bear fruit. That's why He prunes us. The abide in the dictionary means accept or act in accordance with. 
So for us to abide in Christ, as he mentioned so much in this particular area, abide means is that we will accept and act in accordance with that. We will accept the law of Jesus, that we will accept the love of Jesus, that we will walk in the ways of Jesus, that we would see life and people and the process through his eyes. It's all about him. It's almost like in this moment, it's to abide in him means to let go of everything, to take up your cross and follow him. Bearing fruit means that you have to be part of a process that is part of Jesus and you can't escape it. So in this passage, Jesus actually says, well, if you want to be part of me as the true vine, that they will, I want you to know that in this garden where you're going to be for the rest of your life, there is a pruner, there is a, a vine dresser, and his name is God, Yahweh, the God of hosts. He is my father, and he will keep on pruning you. You will not be able to skip this process. You know what? I, I went and, and searched a bit, some interesting facts of pruning vines um, in a vineyard or um, in a garden. And it's so interesting. I want to read some of these things to you that I've heard and I've seen. Pruning takes place in the winter seasons. Isn't that so interesting? Um, we can easily, just by that statement, make a connection by saying, yes, there's so many times where I've expressed the season I've gone through as a winter or a desert season. Every vine is unique and should be pruned individually. Isn't that so amazing just to realize when you think about yourself actually being the shoot out of the vine, that God prunes you individually. There's a detailed thought process that God goes through when he prunes you. Everything that he shifts and does in your life is for your own benefit and it's to shape and mold you to become more like him. If there's no pruning, the whole vineyard is a mess with many entanglements and overgrown. We cannot a vine dresser cannot afford not to prune when the season is right. It's important for him to prune those vines. Why should he do that? Because the more effectively he prunes, and the next step I actually want to mention to you, they also mention that in pruning, you must not be afraid to, as they call it, hard to, to prune in a harsh, hard way. I don't want to actually use harsh because I don't think it's, it's something that God will use. But they encourage vine dressers not to prune lightly, but to hardly prune through this whole area. Why? So that in the season to come, when it's time to bear fruit, that they can maximize the, um, the bearing of the fruit of the vines. Um, and so that they can also maximize their profit. So it's really God's desire for us. Uh, it's his desire in his heart to shape and prune us. You have this beautiful passage in Jeremiah 18. The word, word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something out of the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good uh, for the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord. Look 
As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hands. O house of Israel, the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down and to destroy, if that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon them. It's so beautiful in this passage of scripture where um, Jeremiah sees this vision of this potter busy with this potter's, uh, with, with this clay, molding it and shaping it into something. And then it's so beautiful as God spoke to him and said, Oh, house of Israel, um, wouldn't you be, won't you become like this clay in the hands of this potter? Won't you allow me to shape you? Won't you allow me to, to come and mold you and take uh, all everything out of you that I want to take out of you so that you can look like me, so that you can be close to me? Isaiah 64, 8. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. Again, you see, again, it's so beautiful here how they express the word Father. They could have, just like Jesus spoke of in John 15, they could have said anything. They could have used any of the other characteristics of God, but they use Father, and it says here, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you our potter. And all we are the work of your hand. Isn't it so beautiful? So I want to encourage you what I've realized in my life. Um, and I want to end off this message with this. I've realized in my life, specifically since God has pressed like a stop button all over the globe. Is if there's one thing I thought that uh, one area in my life that I thought I might have had or had, um, had a hold of or have a hold of is to fully trust in him. You know, do I really trust in him? Do I really trust in who he says he is? There's certain things, or even through the whole Bible, there's certain ways in which God chooses to express himself through the scriptures to us so that we can see him in a certain way, so that we can connect to him in a certain way. And I've realized that it's an area that really lacks in my life. And when it comes to the process, we can all say, but why has this whole pandemic, why has this whole thing um, come onto the earth? Why is all of this happening? But we, I know for sure one thing, that it might not have been God that caused this. But I know God does, allows this. And I know also that He says in His Word that He works everything for the good for those who love Him. And so in this season, I really feel like God is inviting you into a place. I don't know what process you might find yourself in what challenges, what trials you might find yourself in. But God is inviting you into a place that you should trust Him. Do you really trust in who He says He is? Do you really trust in His promises over your life? Do you really trust in this Father as we saw so many times expressed here? Do you really trust that this Father won't hurt you, that everything that you're experiencing in your life at the moment, God is constantly at work trying to, not trying to, He's constantly at work, busy shifting things around intentionally for your good. For your good, so that you can look back in your life and say, but this is what I've learned, this is what I've seen of the Lord. Here, this beautiful passage of Scripture, Proverbs 3, we all know this so well, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. God says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Through this process, through everything that you've seen that you might be going through, 
Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, God, why am I going through this? Why is this happening in my life? And come and show me where you are busy working, God. I don't want to lean on my own understanding. I don't want to make my own plans and try to shove open doors or try to make own plans to cover my debt or whatever that's out of your will. Whatever the case may be, and trust Him. And it says here, this is a promise from the Lord. And He shall direct your path if you acknowledge Him, if you make Him known in every area of your life. Psalms 56 verse 4 is so beautiful. In God, I will praise His word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. Jeremiah 17, 75 is also so beautiful. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its, uh, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will, uh, will cease from yielding fruit. Isn't this so beautiful? Blessed is the man who trusts in the name of the Lord, for he will be like a tree planted by waters. Those waters are the living waters speaking of Jesus Christ. It's just like being plugged in as a shoot into the true vine that is Jesus Christ. When we are plugged in, when we abide in the true vine, when we drink from the living water called Jesus Christ, it says here that our leaves will always be green in every season, that we will not be anxious when drought comes, and that we, um, and we will not cease to bear fruit. That in every season when we are plugged into this true vine, when our roots as, as trees go and drink and, and suck up from the, the true living water is Jesus Christ. We do not need to be anxious that in every season, yes, there might be tough shaping seasons in this process that we maybe want to skip, but no, we rather say that we want to invest in the season and we want after the season has passed to look more like Christ, that we can know that we will bear fruit in each one of those seasons. And it's so beautiful how Jesus said in John 15, he said, this is how my father will be glorified, that we would bear fruit. You see, it's easy to just speak. It's like I started this message off this morning or today. It's easy to, to speak nice biblical verses or nice slogans. But the true glorification of God in front of people and on this earth comes by bearing fruit. It comes by, like James speaks of, by applying the word of Christ in these seasons of trial and process. James also speaks of in these seasons of trials that we should be slow to speak and quick to listen. That I realize in this season that God is inviting that church into a place where there's many trials, many things going on, that we should be slow to speak and quick to listen. Whose voice in the secret place do you hear more, your own or God's? And I think God is inviting you and He's telling you today that maybe it's time for you to be quiet. Maybe it's time that even in the secret place, you should just leave the opinions at the door and allow my voice of truth to speak over you. And that you should allow Him to, um, to, to make you confident in who he says he is, to really trust him in the season. If there's one thing that I've realized 
in the process and in trial times and seasons is to remind myself of the character of the Lord. You see, God is not a man that he would lie, that everything he says in his word about himself is true. And you can surely trust that. Amen. Let's just pray together. God, I ask, we ask this today that you will touch our hearts in a new, fresh way. God, I, I pray for every person watching at this moment who is struggling in a season where they feel like they just want to give up. God, I sense in my spirit depression, anxiety, frustration. And I want to come and I want to ask in Jesus' name, God, just like you say in Philippians 4, that instead of being anxious about anything, that, that you will hear the requests of their hearts, that they will make it known to you, and that your peace that surpasses all understanding will fill their hearts, God, in this moment. God, I ask that in this season we will give ourselves to you, that in every season of our life, that instead of just wishing that the seasons will pass, I pray that we will give ourselves to your process, God, that we will trust your delicate hands. Just in the beginning, in Genesis, when you created us, God, that you chose to become, to come down and, and be dirty with us and created us out of the ground so delicately, each one unique. Just like we shared about, like I shared about the vine, that each one is pruned uniquely. God, and I ask that we will trust you in this season. I ask that you will reveal to us your promises. I ask that you will reveal to us why we go through certain things, God. And that you would, and, and God, we are so aware of the fact that you are not just interested in the final destination, but that you are in, interested in the process. That through the waiting and, and, um, and through these trials, you are teaching us to be patient. You are teaching us to wait expectantly on you. And you are teaching us to yield ourselves like clay in your hands so that you can mold us, so that we can go from glory to glory and look more like you. God, I pray that you'll bless every person that has tuned into this message this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our message today. Remember to press the subscribe button. For more content and resources, visit our Facebook pages at Enrico and Anya Worship and Burning Lamp Ministries. And also remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Enrico and Anya Worship. If you want to come in contact with us, please send us an email to info at burninglampmusic.co.za.